Hello and welcome to The Brave, the podcast about the people, places, systems, companies building a better future. My name's Beth and Vincent and we explore these themes with a number of exciting guests. And this week I have Shannon Smith, who's come to talk to us about the intriguing world of recruitments. Love them or hate them, recruiters are a necessary part of the modern job search. But the industry is undergoing a lot of change at the moment and obviously Job hunting has gone through massive change over the past year during the pandemic. So Shannon, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be amazing. Hey, I'm Shannon and I'm the founder at WellFound. So my background has been within the recruitment industry for over 10 years now. I've done agency recruitment, set up and freelance myself, internal recruitments, uh, worked with a recruitment service provider. So I mean, I've dealt with hundreds of agencies here in London. Um, So I think that's given me a really you know, holistic view of the recruitment industry as a whole. Um, and like you mentioned, the good, the bad and the ugly of it all. Awesome. So recruitment is hard. Finding good people is really, really difficult. As someone who's been a hiring manager in the past, I've had that struggle. And recruiters obviously exist for a reason. And I, I kind of said love them and hate them because, you know, there are really good recruiters. I'd never deny that. But I think some people have kind of a bad experience on occasion. But why is finding pe- good people really, really hard? Such a massive question. Um, if I'm honest, I reckon humans, because at, at the end of the day, it's still a sales process, right? And as humans, we kind of like to think that we make decisions logically, but any good salesperson knows that you always lead with an emotional hook to get that engagement. So therein lies, you know, a multitude of comp- um, complications, I think. So when you've got a a human essentially as the, the product and the consumer at both ends, you've got various other um, variables that you need to take into, into consideration. So you've got, you've got the fact that you have a product that can say no, that won't go to the consumer, but you've also got changes in the environment, you know, changes in the, the demand, the supply as well. But then also in between the, the product and the consumer, you've got the processes. And, you know, hot, hot topic at the moment in terms of unconscious bias and diversity and inclusion, you know, are these processes fit for purpose? Are they accurate? Are they fair? You know, and then you, you can break that down a little, you know, how good are the processes in terms of sourcing, in terms of screening? Um, are we asking the right questions at the right times to, to see the full potential of, um, you know, the people we're dealing with. So I think it's just so much in there that we're sort of taken for granted and, and not really digging into. Um, there's also a lot of subjectivity as well. You know, it's not, not, it's not a very object process. So pe- people's definition of good is totally different. So <laughs> it's, there's just so many um, ways that we could potentially get it wrong. Um, and we're not creating those safety nets for when, you know, we do go down that path that's potentially not as fruitful as it could be. Mm. I, I've always been shocked by the fact that the recruitment process, I know it, it can be long in terms of time duration, but you're meant to kind of make a decision about someone, you know, based on a couple of half hour interviews, maybe a longer interview if it's for a more senior position. And it's the same with buying a house. We're, we're forced to make these decisions in, without having almost the full facts. I think it also comes down to companies knowing what they want. 
Um, and when a company is not 100% clear of what that person is, what the, even who they are, like knowing what they stand for, knowing what their, um, what their values are, um, who they are internally, it, it just cascades all the way through the process for the hiring manager, for the recruiter, and for the candidate himself. Flip side of that as well, the, the candidate needs to be clear on what they want because then you know, you, you're making that process in the middle for the middleman a lot more difficult because if people are not clear on both ends of the spectrum and the process is not fit for purpose and there's a lot of ambiguity in the middle, you know, that, that recruiter, even if they're highly skilled, high EQ, they're effectively going to have a lot of problems trying to make that correct fit. And you're right, like information or lack of information is a, is a big, has a big part to play in it. Definitely. Because, I don't know, I think the whole process is essentially due a bit of an overhaul. And I know you kind of feel a bit similarly. So what do you think are the fundamental issues with the current way we hire people? It's, it's such an, another big question. Like I've, Because I've seen it from the inside as well. It just horrifies me to know that these practices occur. But from experience, uh, you know, it's a middleman industry and you can get a lot of um, issues when it's not dealt with in, you know, maybe a, a moral way. But, if you know, two big issues I see are the fact that there's no barrier to entry into the profession. So, unfortunately, and I don't like saying it, if you're good-looking or silver-tongued, you basically got a good look and at getting a job in recruitment. Um, then you've got the fact that these uh, KPIs that uh, the agencies uh, are making the, the consultants deal with, they're derived from the agency's revenue rather than the notion or the idea of finding the right person, the right job. So you've got unskilled people pointed in the wrong direction that are responsible for your next career move or your next hire. And it's, I guess you could navigate the fact that it's a low barrier to entry by having strong training regimes, you know, internally in an agency, but more often than not, they're not there either. And a lot of people, I don't think really understand the effects of their actions on people's lives. You know, that they're thinking very, very similar in, in, in what they know, their commission check. Um, and again, going back to it, you, you're dealing with humans at both ends of the sales process. So you've got to be equipped with a pretty darn good EQ. And sometimes, you know, if, if you're untrained and you haven't dealt with a lot of people and don't have natural people skills, you know, that, that could be a, a massive issue. So it's, there's a lot of power in it though. Like if, if this was done by people that were looking to, you know, internalize the idea of people over profits, something that at Wellfound, you know, we 100% stand for. Um, I, I think we can change the way that the traditional recruitment process has been done, but I think we're still a fair way away from that yet. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's the point about it's actually affecting people's lives and livelihoods and it could be the rest of their life as well. You know, your next job could kind of almost be like make you or break you type thing. I don't, I don't think people even talk about that at all because 
the, the middleman thing is interesting as well because obviously placing candidates especially in more senior jobs it's a very lucrative industry you know it can be kind of 10% of the salary even more on occasion so there's a lot of money to be made but then it's being siphoned out by people who don't in my opinion add much value to the system what do you think kind of a better way of doing it might be and I suspect I'm kind of leading you to talk about well-found but that's good because it's a really interesting model yeah so so something that I always find scary and interesting at the same time was a a stat by PwC that 92% of candidates report having a bad experience while job hunting you know and something like 73% of people say it's the most stressful process that they go through in life so that's you know, there's, there's a big issue there. Recruiters are frequently ranked the top 10 least trusted professions, you know, globally. Like there's, there's a lot of, lot of nuances in there that need to be addressed. And, you know, leading on to how we can improve that, I think we need to start being a bit, bit more honest. Um, honest in a way that we, we share information Go, you know, again, going back to the process in, in the way that we share information, because if we do have those low barrier of entries, but we are ensuring um, people are given information that will allow them to excel, you know, EQ training, for example, or even creating the qualification to get into recruitment, you know, you, you, you need qualifications to be a lawyer, you need a qualification to be an engineer. In my opinion, you probably should have a qualification, you know, to, to seek candidates and, and find people their jobs because we've spent a darn long time there, you know, throughout our working week. So we kind of want, we want about a trust someone knows what they're doing. Um, and there's, you know, there's technology as well to take into consideration. Um, there's, there's the potential of human error to come in. There's unconscious bias that we deal with. There's, you know, you've got to deal with volumes volume related activities like for example just recently i'm recruiting for a martech company and a head of sales you know historically i would have thought might get 30 40 applicants for this over 200 in a couple of weeks and a lot of these guys were awesome a lot of these guys were awesome and i like to think that i'm a you know a morally just and diligent recruiter but there were been parts in that that i i could have that could have helped me you know from a uh, a technology standpoint um but i think the whole process to a certain extent is needs a real real change a real um shake up and you know at wildfire we kind of we kind of looked at it all and thought right everyone's trying to segment parts of it but fix certain parts of the the process but halfway through near the end and and no one's really sort of focusing right at the start and that's where we kind of thought, okay, let's let's start from the start and we'll sequentially go through the process and try and fix it as we go. Okay, what's the start of the process? Candidate sourcing. Cool. What's the best source of candidates? Professional referrals or referrals in general. And yes, there are limitations to referrals. And we, you know, we understand that and, and want to um, work alongside people to to really um, you know get hold of that and understand how we can improve them. But there's also a lot of data to show the, um, the benefits of um, professional referrals. So at Wildfound, what we're doing is building a digital platform 
to uh, help facilitate professionals with the ability to refer one another directly to hiring companies, so cutting out that middleman. Um, and in doing so, any successful referral that's made um, to a hiring company, the hiring company pays their hiring fee, and then 50% of that is shared back with the community. So that's split up um, between a successful referral bonus for the referrer, it's a good pat on the back for them, but then also 10% of the um, hiring fee is also provided to charity. And it's a charity donation made on behalf of the referrer, and it's the charity of their choice. So they also get the warm fuzzies from that. They can also, if, if they choose to, they can put a little bit of their bonus into it as well. Um, but the idea around that is to start distributing, start to decentralize the, um, the commercial structure, the traditional commercial structure of the recruitment process. Um, we're even just recently been talking about rather than going out for investment to, you know, all your usual suspects um, and pitching and, and get an XYZ um, investment for XYZ um, equity. Uh, effectively, all we're going to be doing is using that equity, sorry, using that investment to go, go out and find uh, client acquisition, right? Or community acquisition. So we're toying with the idea of actually going straight to companies going straight to the community and providing them equity for supporting us and helping us grow. So they come along on the journey with us, sort of, sort of like a um, crowdfunding type thing, but direct. Um, we've been toying with, with that idea because in my mind as well, you know, all we're doing is allowing the people at the top of the investors to potentially benefit from our success if we do well. Um, whereas, you know, our whole idea is to help everyone be able to succeed and, and come along the ride with us. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can improve the recruitment process. And I think technology has a part to play. It hasn't, got it, hasn't always got it right in the, in the past, but it definitely has a part to play if we use it right. Like this, I recently watched a, um, a documentary on Netflix about coded bias. You know, and, and a lot of that will be, would have been, you know, historically in the recruitment process would have been the effects of probably coded bias. You know, Amazon had issues, Google's had, had issues. Um, but we can learn from that, improve it, and try and utilize it for the parts that humans don't do as well. We still have to have that human element in there, but, you know, utilize technology to help improve aspects that we're not as good at to allow us to focus our energy on the things that we are good at. It's saddening when you objectively get things correct for um, a candidate in a company, you know, great skill set, you know, right timing, whatever it might be, but there's just that little, um, you know, that emotional element that's just not quite there. And you, you, you can never pinpoint that sometimes in a, in a process, well, in the way that a lot of recruitment processes are run. Um, and it, it's unfortunate it takes two, three weeks, a couple of months. Once the candidate's in the end, then you, you know, a, a diligent recruiter will be calling up, doing your follow-ups. Hey, how things are going? And you just, you just hear, you know, week after week, month after month, it's just a little bit more dull. It's just a little bit sad. And then, you know, it's the fact that it's that, that cultural element that they just don't quite click with. 
No, it happened to me. I joined somewhere and I knew from the first day I got in the room where, and it was a, it was a company where there was a lot of like bitchiness. So I got in and this kind of like people were slagging off other people in front of me and I resigned the next day because it was just, it was just like, I can't cope in this environment. If you know, you know type thing, is it better to do it sooner and cut your losses than stick around for months and they've invested more in you. But anyway, it's the company culture thing's really difficult. And I think especially at the moment, because there's a lot of people I know looking to move jobs because of the whole company culture thing, remote work thing. And there seems to be, you know, they call it the great job switch or there's kind of a buzzword for it. But in terms of what companies can offer candidates that's actually good benefits because I think this is part of it as well you know people talk about unlimited holiday oh what a great benefit Mm, actually in practice maybe not so good what what actually are candidates looking for at the moment in your opinion trust I I think trust and and knowing that they can have autonomy that they, they they can have the autonomy and do their job but also be able to provide feedback and collaborate regardless of age, regardless of um, experience, regardless of background that they do get treated like an adult. And I think empathy, empathy is becoming a big thing as well. People aren't saying I want empathy, but everything they're talking around sort of alludes to it. Um, And it's, it's, yeah, I think with COVID as well, that, you know, we've all been separated in our own little silos and our own little houses. People are yearning a little bit more for that connection and that human interaction. And those parts are going to be, I think, are becoming quite important. And people call it culture, you know, and I'm trying to read between the lines, but what is it about the culture that you want? And is, you know, is that trust? Is that relationship? Is that not knowing um, that I can talk to someone and connect with them on a, on a human personal level? Yes, I'll come and do my work. Yes, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do everything else. But I can't. I, I want to believe that I'm part of something bigger. I want to know the why. Like if you know, people, I think people are wising up. People are definitely learning that it's it's not your salary, it's not the holidays, it's not the ping pong table. It's you know, humans have at the base like we've all got certain needs. I can't remember. I read a book about six different needs of, of humans and. People are wising and up to that a lot more now. Um, so I think the softer, the softer touches of what the business can offer are becoming a lot more valuable. But also that um, long-termism. There's, there's always been sort of two different demographics. People that want the freedom, they want the freelance, they can travel and, and do what they like, and people that want the progression. Um, there's a multitude of other demographics, but I feel there's a lot more that have been pushing towards that that progression element because effectively we're all starting to work a lot more remotely. So you're getting that ability to, you know, the one of the major benefits of freelancing, right, is being able to work remotely and chop and change where you are. But we're sort of getting that anyway. Um, so it's that long-termism and progression and, you know, that, that human, these are people I want to be spending my 40 hours a week or whatever it might be with each week that's what people are starting to look, dig into a little bit more. And it's interesting because in reality, you know, it's what matters in my opinion. It's those soft things that will get you out of bed. Like commission doesn't get you out. Commission never got me out of bed. It may get a lot of people out of bed, but I mean, it's, it's short lived. 
you know, that it's, it, it, does, it doesn't provide the warm fuzzies that, you know, keep, keep you, keep you on that roller coaster. You know, it's in recruitment. So I always used to use analogies, champagne and razor blades. Like it's a roller coaster. It's good when it's good, but it's bad when it's bad. And that's, in my opinion, that's why a lot of people have short-lived um, experiences in there because they're in there for the wrong reasons. They're in there for the commission, mm. not for adding value to people's lives. Yeah, it, it's it's the human connection yeah, at the end of the day, because I think relationships are the relationships you have with your family, with your partner, with your children. They're the most important thing in your life. So the relationships at work will be important, too, because like you say, these are the people you spend, you know, 40 hours, not 40 hours a week. I was going to say, no, 40 hours a week. That is right. I've since going on my own, I have no conception of what the working week actually looks like anymore. The, the referral things interesting me interesting to me from a relationship point of view because one of the challenges I think and this alludes to the culture question as well is you don't actually ever know what the inside of a company is like and I think that's why probably why referrals work quite well because it's someone saying like hmm I know you and I know this company I think you're probably kind of a good fit is that is that why they're so good because that that you know there's the statistic that referred candidates are better why is that the case there is, I think, again, trust. A referee will trust someone that they know more so than a third-party recruiter. There's also the part that if they're industry-relevant or specific, so, for example, in WellFound, the community is a community of accountants and finance professionals, so only accountants and finance professionals will be within that community and actively being able to refer others to hiring companies. So they also have that inside knowledge of all the little nuances that goes within the role that they, they, you know, they, they might have company A who's looking for a senior accountant working on X, Y, Z. They're going to know all the little bits, intricate bits that someone needs to do to be able to successfully do that role. They also know the person that they're referring because they've either worked with them, known them through university, whatever it might be. So they've got that insight into the person. But they also, like we we're talking about before, they know them from a personal level, a personal element, like that personal touch. So they they're gonna know what their their buttons are. Um, and if it'd be awesome if the referrer has that insight into the company to know what the company culture is, um, into what sort of projects and you know the the uh, dynamic of the team, etc. But it's it basically comes down to trust in the referrer and also the integrity and knowing and the fact that they know what they're talking about. Um, and that produces much better results for companies um, from the, the standpoint of quicker hires. They have quicker hires. They have also longer longevity. So particularly when referrers come from within the, in the business itself that they're referring to, it's, I think it's 2.2%, don't quote me on that, but it's roughly 2.2% that, longer that referred candidates will stay within the role. They also, from the from the company's point of view, you know, that they, they get extended reach into talent pools that they wouldn't be privy to. And that, that can come from a diversity perspective. It can also come from um, candidates passively looking for whatever reason. But that all boils down to trust, right? Like it's that trust element that this person has my best interests at heart because they know me, they we have a history. They know what I can do, what I can't do. And I hope that they have a bit more of an understanding of the company 
Um, so I'm more likely to put my um, best foot forward to the company to see if there's a, a, a potential match. But the problem is with referrals at the moment, there's no, there's no way for people to be able to make a succinct referral to these to hiring companies. It's just not common practice. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool platforms out there um, dabbling in it, and everyone has their own different way and own USPs. From Wildfound standpoint, we, we very much, you know, a big part of what we want to do is improve the moral compass of the industry as well. So we want to listen and understand why are people referring? Why are people not referring? What would motivate people to refer? And that's why we have the likes of the charity donation in there and allow allow referrers to increase the amount, the bonus that goes towards the charity rather than just saying, no, 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 you, you have to have the bonus. They've got the option of giving all their bonus to charity if they want. People are motivated by different things. It's just learning, okay, how do we best connect these referrals to companies? And there's going to be a massive learning curve, but I think there's also there's a lot of benefit that that could come and allow, you know, or create a whole new way of people understanding how they can reach jobs. And if we can educate the community on how to best utilize our platform, um, there's also the potential for different income streams for people that, you know, that may be struggling with COVID, that um, they, they might be stay-at-home mums. Um, but still come from the industry. So still 100% know what they're talking about. Um, there's all these different ways that we can start to help, you know, disadvantage people for lack of a better way um, of describing them in the traditional recruitment process. You know, another idea that we're um, really exploring and it'll be a little bit further down the line, but the Wellfound Academy, what we want to do is help disadvantaged people from, you know, for whatever reason, gain access to an income stream. So what we're looking to do is we're building out our platform um, and really breaking down it to, to become a very subjective um, process and bring, in, bring people in um, to basically act as a referrer. And for any successful referral that they, they make, they also take the, that successful referral bonus. That reminds me of like pro almost product hunt, like becoming a hunter. So you, you're like, you're almost like kind of picking out the best people. That's, that's really cool. I like that. We've recently gone through the kickstart scheme and, you know, interviewed so many, so many kids and it's really sad to see all this potential that's there, all this potential that's just not getting, that's not given the chance to, to shine. You know, we've got a couple on that are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, one in particular, her background was in Nando's for six months and, you know, didn't have a career at all, but she's absolutely smashing it. And it's purely because we took a bit of time, understand what she wants, understand, you know, and it's that human EQ element that a lot that we're just missing in um, a lot of the recruitment process at the moment. That's a good example of how the Wildfound Academy can really provide an opportunity for people that just don't have opportunities through traditional methods a lot of people have potential just that aren't tapped into and you know we've got to allow people to shine definitely because you know, at the end of the day it's it's a human problem you know and technology is good at solving process problems but not very good at solving human problems you've still got to have people involved you can't completely abstract it so 
If people want to find out more about Wellfound, where can they do so? And I'll put all of the links down in the description if you're listening. Yeah, cool. So the best way to find us, we're, we're actually going through a lot of um, a lot of building uh, around our social media followings, uh, actually starting to create the, the community of officials now, which is really exciting. Um, we're just heading up the testing of the platform itself, www.wellfound.com. And that's Wellfound with one L. It's always a bit of a bit of an issue with some, but um, that's that's where you're about to get a bit of a high level understanding of who we are and what we're doing. Uh, and we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter at the moment. So we'll be really pushing those channels uh, to start with. But that's yeah, it's exciting times. Really looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Shannon, for coming on and chatting to me. That was really really interesting. <laughs>